You're tuned in to the biggest balls of them all. That's right. Playing with Balls podcast. We got sports and comedy for that ass. You about to go downtown, bitch, on the only podcast that sports platinum and brunette chicks. That's right. Playing with Balls podcast, you dig? Welcome, everybody, to the Playing with Balls podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Lee, and I'm here with my co-host, Callie the Bulldog. Say hi, Callie. Not sure if you could hear her. She's being a little on the quiet side today taking a little snooze, drooling on the furniture. We're coming at you from Santa Monica, California. And this is a very exciting week as everybody gets prepped up for Super Bowl parties and celebrations this weekend. I am just a little excited because if you already didn't know, I am a diehard Philadelphia Eagles fan. I'm sure that is not abundantly clear throughout social media posts and for anyone that's listened before so this is an exciting time um we haven't been in the super bowl in 13 years up to this point we have never won a super bowl last time we won a championship it wasn't even called the super bowl in 1960 uh really an underdog going against the patriots but let's be honest i mean anybody that goes against the patriots is going to be considered an underdog to be fair, I mean, they've, you know, it's Tom Brady, you know, Bill Belichick and his lousy sweatpants and poker face, resting bitch face, you know. You know, I'm not here to talk shit, though. I'm just here to talk about how much I love this team and the dynamics of the game. And for those of you that listen to the podcast regularly and you're not Philadelphia sports fans, Sorry, I'm not sorry that the last several podcast episodes have been very Philadelphia centric, but it's because of what's going on right now. And I think that's allowed. We do have guests from all different parts of sports comedy. And today I'm super excited because we have our first ever band uh, on the podcast. That's right. A very successful band called Foxtrot and the Get Down. They originated in Philadelphia. And if you're not already aware of this band, they're awesome. They have this really cool, like blues based rock vibe to them. They get a little jazzy. Um, they're between Philly and Nashville. And I have uh, the lead singer joining me today, uh, Colin Budney. He is uh, on guitar, harmonica, lead vocals, and um, he's a Philadelphia native. He's from North Philly, and he is a a listener and supporter of the Playing With Balls podcast. So I'm super excited to have um, somebody from a really kick-ass band with music that I like that also likes the Eagles and all Philadelphia sports teams. I mean, it's just a win-win-win all around. So he's going to come up here shortly, and we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. And also, you know, just talk about the dynamics of being in a band and what that's like. I have to imagine um, I've never been um, in a band. Uh, I'm not saying that it won't happen, but it's not really the direction that I'm going. I'm fascinated to hear, though, how those dynamics work. You know, you always hear about bands like having success and, you know, breaking up and fighting and blah, blah, blah. And then you see other bands that really stand the test of time um, because they have a really great group dynamic. So being a former athlete, uh, Colin went to Westchester University, which is back kind of where I'm from, a D3 school, uh, and he played 
baseball. So as an athlete, I have to think, you know, there's a lot of similarities between the group dynamics of being on a team and the group dynamics of being in a band and managing that. So they've had a lot of success in the last couple years and really just kind of in it right now. So if you haven't checked them out already, you really need to. And without further ado, I'm going to bring up Colin. Welcome, Colin. Thanks for joining the podcast. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, super excited. You know, you're our first uh, band. And by the way, when I say our, I'm referring to myself, the host, Shannon, who you know, and my uh, English bulldog, Callie. So sometimes I I refer to us as our. She's my co-host. <laughs> She's always I refer in the background. to my dog, my dog, Vinny. He's my, uh, he's my son. Oh yeah. Uh, he's actually he's actually why I'm sitting in the Wawa parking lot across the street from my house because he won't stop parking. So, <laughs> at quality purposes, I'm in my uh, I'm in my truck right now. Oh my god! You know what? I have so much respect for you because isn't it cold there right now? Uh, it is 27 degrees. Ew. Um, and just to give you a little bit of insight into what I'm seeing right now, I just watched a guy in a uh, Randall Cunningham throwback jersey and basketball shorts get into a an Eagles uh, school bus painted with the the helmet wings on the side. So I can't even let you know. wrap my mind around that. That just happened. <laughs> yep, uh, like maybe 20 minutes ago. So where that's where was, we're at right now? Yeah, where was this Eagles school bus going? Like, what do you... What, I, I assume I assume the guy's just going home. I feel like that might be his only car. Oh, okay. Well, respect. I mean, you're in the city. <laughs> you, you, you live in the city, right? So that's... I do. You're part of it all right now. See, I'm super jealous being in L.A. And I was... Uh, I, I, in fact, I've been having a really tough week uh, trying to figure out this Super Bowl, like what I'm doing for it, because I am trying to, like, manage, like, the bigger picture here, because I'm not in Philly, you know, right. so it's it's it's. But I I wish I was there right now because I the energy of that city and and you know I, and I want to talk about a lot of things and I'm so excited because you're the first band that we've ever had um, on the podcast that's also a huge Philadelphia sports fan uh, athlete. I mean, it's all the things and it's perfect timing with you know what coming up um, this weekend. Hey, do, we, do we say the name of what's happening this weekend or we just kind of allude to it? You know, I've been going back and forth. Uh, I, I get weird talking about it. So this will be really the first time I'm like officially talking about it on air. No, that's not true, actually. I've been talking about it all season. But now that it's here, you know, it's just like, it's so special, but it's also so scary that, like, I have legit anxiety, you know? I do, too. Yeah, do you? Like, what's the I energy like, it, like right it's now? It's insane right now. Um, to give you, we went down and, and tailgated. It was most of us from the band, actually. We were down in C2, uh, in the Wells Fargo lot, right uh, for last week's game, and against the Vikings, drunkenly watched the game at 18th and Washington in South Philly. <laughs> um, with five minutes left, I went to go when, when it was secure. When I actually felt good, uh-huh. it realistically wasn't until the flea flicker, like when it was 31-7, yeah. I could I could start to speak again. Yes, yes. Uh, and so I had to let the dog out. Uh, I had to catch the train back to... I live in Maniunk, so... Oh, I love Maniunk. Um, and if you... Just follow us on social media. I'm just going to say that from the top because currently all it is is Super Bowl hype. Um, 
but I was hanging out of a uh, taxi like the Joker in the Dark Knight. Uh, it was it was mayhem. The, the city's absolutely on fire right now, but there's this kind of it's it's how it always is when anything's going on like this. It's the thought of if we win, I'm fearful for the sake of the city, and I don't know that it will still be standing. <laughs> and if God forbid something happens and, and we don't pull this out. There's just going to be an orderly line to the Ben Franklin Bridge, so I'm not really that worried about it. <laughs> you know, it's it's an, it's interesting this this season though. I think and and tell me your thoughts on this. And I we I've talked about this a lot on the podcast with a lot of different guests because we were projected before the season even started. The Eagles were projected to maybe go like 500 for the season, maybe squeak into the playoffs as like a wild card. I think because we we so vastly exceeded I think not only everyone else's expectations but our own and then even when shit hit the fan with Carson Wentz we still kept marching forward with Nick Foles that even if you know even and and I'm just I have to say it but even if it doesn't happen can't you still don't you think that do you think the vibe is going to be like that angry or do you think people are going to be like you know what I'm just really proud of them Either way, because I feel like I'm getting that from a lot of people, you know, which is like kind of not think, really a Philadelphia thing way to feel <laughs> traditionally. Yeah, I, I think I think that the vibe right now, it, it's kind of like we want to switch the narrative that we want to say, if we lose this, we'll be devastated because we think we should win. Traditionally, we're supposed to be the lovable losers. Right. It's supposed to be, ah, you know, we, we, we were there, but we'll get them next year. I think there's this kind of uh, a generation, which would be, I guess, our generation coming up, saying, you know what? We want to be that city of champions. Yeah. Uh, But, I mean, realistically, looking at the beginning of the season, there were so many question marks. Right. You know, would the Alshon signing pan out? Is the the secondary going to hold up? Um, You know, is Fletcher Cox missing OTAs going to be the reason we don't make the playoffs? Right. Um, And would Wentz mature? And realistically... I always say that, you know, before the season starts, every year I think we're going to be 11-5 and five with a first-round bye and we're going to win the NFC. But realistically, I was looking at it, and I didn't know what I thought of Doug Peterson, realistically. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't I didn't love Jim Schwartz. But I, I, just watching Carson. Yeah. And, you know, we got so spoiled so quickly yeah. watching this kid play. We really did. Uh, I think ever since uh, little Jakey Elliott hit that, oh yeah. hit that, you know, franchise long sixty-one yarder. It was sixty-one yards, right, against the Giants. Um, you are correct. I think I think we all felt in unison like something special was maybe happening and like gonna gonna happen. And then also this season, and also maybe there's some extra. Like, you know what, on our side, which usually it, oh, yeah. it isn't on our side and it is now. And that's awesome. And I also think like, I mean, God, after that Vikings game, I mean, you know what I did? I went home. I was drunk, but I went home <laughs> and I rewatched the whole game like drunk, like for a second time. It's, I didn't miss any because that game, I was just like, I wanted to like look more closely at like how the fuck we did that because nobody's done that to the Vikings all year. So I feel like that, that game also gives us a lot of momentum. I mean, look, when Nick Foles is throwing flea flickers 
and like Tom, like some Tom Brady shit. Like you got to feel good about that going to the Super Bowl, don't you think? Well, well, let's look at it this way. I just want to say you're not a real football guy if you don't rewatch the game and <laughs> you get extra points if you're drunk. <laughs> I, or girl, yeah. Honest, yeah, no, completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. completely. No, um, you know it's funny. We actually football guy is just a like a blanket statement in the band. Oh no, we, no, of course. We, I didn't take offense to it. Is, Erica is a. Uh, one of the singers in our band and we always say she's a football guy because she is just the most down-to-earth hard-working person eric is a football guy and uh and she likes football <laughs> kind of you know realistically <laughs> it's more just a, it's an attitude man eric is a football guy well you but, know uh, i would say i'm a football guy then don't you i mean i have a i get that vibe well and I'm a, i have a i mean i have a podcast that's about sports so that first that first thing is first it's called playing with balls. You are, you, know. you are absolutely honorary football guy of the day. Oh well, I appreciate that, Colin. Thank you You're so very much. Welcome. So as we're <laughs> as we're talking here, and I want to dig more into some Super Bowl, uh, is you know, talk and and what's what's to come. But I want to uh, back up a step and <clears throat> just talk about where you're from and how you grew up because. You know, we're just assuming that everybody in the audience knows this by the way that we're already talking. <laughs> but it's clear you know, you're from Philly. And I want to preface this, too, by saying this is not a my podcast is um, broader than just Philly. But it, I have like a Philadelphia emphasis. But man, my viewers have really the ones that aren't necessarily Philadelphia fans have really been hanging in there these last couple weeks because it's just been all Philly every week. And my downloads have still continued to grow. So I appreciate that. So uh, <laughs> so we're uh, so we're making it Philly because it, it, everything is about Philly right now. And you're from Absolutely. North Philly. You grew up there, right? I did. I'm from, I am from Northeast Philadelphia, okay. very proudly. Okay, and so, so you obviously um, you have that uh, Philadelphia sports fan bug, which you which you really can't not have if you live there. You know, I feel like I've never Absolutely. really met anybody that's from Philly that grew up in Philly that's like, nah, you know, wasn't really that into it. Didn't really see the point. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I mean, there's always the one kid in every grade school in Philadelphia who comes to school in a, a Cowboys jersey on dress down day. <laughs> Just to be an asshole. You know, that uh, person exists in life, though. That person is yeah, called a douchebag, and they exist everywhere. <laughs> but they mostly are Cowboys fans, I would say. <laughs> 99% of the time. Yeah, the chip on your shoulder guy. I feel like that's the guy wearing the Cowboys jersey to school in Always. Philly. Cowboys, Duke. Um, Stupid. Patriots fans. You know, They're all the same people. Yeah. Wait, but Do you think that's really about the sports, or do you think that's about their psyche? You know, I think it's an it's an insecurity thing. Sure. It's, uh, that or it's like I think it's like a profile of a serial killer. It might actually be it. <laughs> or yeah, um, yeah, somebody who's a glut- or somebody who's a glutton for punishment because you Most don't likely. you don't grow up in North Philly or any part of Philly really and think that it's cool like you're gonna get away with that you know. No, but but I yeah not. that always did happen and also you know I I don't know. I, you, you seem about the same age as me. We were in the same age range. When I was growing up, that was like sort of maybe the dynasty. There was a dynasty happening in Dallas. So there was a lot of like front runner fans, which is no excuse that oh, it's wait. happening in Philly. But I feel like maybe kids aren't doing that as much now because Dallas fucking sucks. Well, I think, too, the funny thing is, and because you live in L.A. now. Yeah. And, you know, we I, I guess we kind of had a decision in the last couple of years whether we were going to you know, stay in Philly and continue to commute down to Nashville where our record label is constantly. Right. Or move to Nashville. And 
we made the decision to stay in Philly because if you just just drive through the city right now, it's completely different than when we were kids. Yeah. You know, like I laugh. Fucking hipsters want to live in South Philly and Fishtown. Like Fishtown, when I was a kid, you... my dad. You... Yeah. Go ahead. My dad used to tell me to count their fingers and their toes because they were. <laughs> you know, it blows my mind. And I'm sorry, our drummer Jimmy is from Fishtown. So I don't mean to. I don't mean to shit on you, Jim. But <laughs> come on, man. But well, you know, I mean, look, the city has been really built up and um, and gentrified, I guess, is the right word. And some in is that the right word? Gentrified. People use that a lot. This neighborhood is getting. Yeah, this neighborhood is getting so gentrified. I think that oh, means yeah. hipsters, but I'm not really sure. Listen, I live right. At, I live in Venice, at Santa Monica, Venice. So like everyone, so you're getting what every like you're getting sprinkles of what everyone looks like here. Like just get ready. <laughs> I know what I know because I know what Fishtown's gonna look like five years from now. It's just gonna oh, be God. all fair trade coffee drinkers. It already is. Yeah, people that listen oh, to yeah. music that no it one's looks- ever heard of. You know. There's just a bunch of, um, you know, people who look like lumberjacks <laughs> wearing extremely expensive clothes. Except, yeah, because they're rich. Uh, yeah, it makes no sense to me. It, it's so weird. Hipsters don't wear deodorant, but they're rich and they drive like Mercedes. And they're not always they hybrids. Don't... So no. it's confusing. It's confusing. <laughs> I don't oh, get it. Yeah. I don't get it. It's, <laughs> it, it. But, you know, that's but but Philly will one thing every city is going to get if they don't already have it, is hipsters. But Philly is like, like you know, like Portland is a great example of somewhere I would never live. I, I don't want, right. I don't mean to shit on Portland, but like they're all, you know, it's like hipster central and like Birkenstocks and everybody, if you want a cup of coffee, it's really good, but it takes like 25 minutes to get it because all these weird things they do to it and it's like a million dollars. That's never going to happen in Philly. That's like a very extreme version. So that's oh, one yeah. thing that we can count on that it's like, you know, every city is getting their hipsters in, in, in varying proportion, but there's an essence in Philly that's always going to keep it intact. I feel very strongly about that. And we're, and we're one of those old school school cities that still has like our neighborhoods, you know, exactly. um, like, uh, you know, that are based on e- ethnicity. And I don't think you see that a lot around the country. Um, and like my dad's from South, grew up in South Philly as a kid in the Irish neighborhood, you know, I respect, I respect your father already. Yeah. Well, he's <laughs> my dad is, yeah, he, he grew up in an Irish Catholic family of six. He was the oldest. And, um, I always say like, yeah, if you'd have, if you had no idea idea like what kind of a family this is i'll just tell you their names john joe mary frank jim and tom like have you oh, come on so everyone yeah my, my dad's family is uh john jimmy jerry debbie kim and christine oh my, so same family my mom's name is debbie I was gonna say, are, you, are, are we not related we like, could be related we could be related i don't know uh, but um although <laughs> my, debbie um uh, debbie is my mom's side and they're from no uh i think I always get, I think they're from Northeast Philly, North Philly. They grew up in the Jewish neighborhood. Okay. So uh, anyway, uh, well, my mom, but I actually grew up in the, in the burbs. I'm from uh, South Jersey. That's where I grew up, right outside. I, I, will, I will not hold that against you. Thank you very much. Cause Philly people are usually mean about that. Like you can't say you're from Philly. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm Close enough. saying whatever I want. <laughs> if Nobody you're cares. out in LA, it's basically Philly. 
Yeah, I mean, well, you know, I'm a stand-up comedian, so sometimes, like, I do, I actually do a bit about East Coast people versus West Coast people, and I, uh, like, I was, I was saying for a little while that I was from New Jersey, and I would get some people that would come up to me afterwards and be like, oh, my cousin Bob's from Passaic County, and I'm like, I don't care, and, and I don't know where that is. <laughs> You know, and so one, the, the one time I got, are you a Giants fan? I was like, fuck this. And so now I, I'm just like, I'm from Philly. Oh, and I'm like, you know what? I am. So whatever. And like, that's my sports well, you know affiliation. What's amazing is uh, our bass player, Ken, he's from Delco, which we try and hide as much as humanly possible. <laughs> oh, my God. I know somebody uh, else from Delco. Like, uh, well, of course you do. One per Well, no, I, I only know one person because I didn't grow up near there. Well, what's amazing is every city we go to. We were on, like, our third week of tour over the summer, and we were playing Charlotte, North Carolina. And after the show, somebody came up and bought us a six-pack of Miller High Life for some reason. And it was because she was from Delco, and she was just randomly out at the show. And we were in New Orleans the next night, and the exact same thing happened. For some reason, Delco runs so deep. I have no idea why. It, that is so weird because, you know what, I, I was in a show when I was in Philly over the holidays. I performed at the Trocadero. And, um, oh, nice. Yeah, and uh, the host, I believe, Peggy, the comedian, I'll have to ask her. She's from Delco. She's a big Eagles fan, too, obviously. I mean, I don't even know why I made mention of that. <laughs> but I remember that like she, she does a bit about Delco, and all the people in the audience were from South Philly, so they like didn't get it. And I see, I don't live there, so I like for me, I I don't get that the I I didn't have like a little subculture. I grew up in a town called Woodbury, but I know that about Delco because she, of something she talks about in her standup. That's so funny. So I'll have to oh, ask yeah. her about that. I didn't get any exposure to Delco until I met Ken at Westchester University. Delco's and getting a lot of press of, right now. <laughs> what's up? I said Delco's getting a lot of press right now for Delco, by the way. And I, I'm going to cut this because I just don't want to give them anything. <laughs> uh, but suddenly all of my roommates were from Delco, and they just have so many weird little things about them. And, and like I said, I, I need to end this because, one, I don't want to give Ken <laughs> any credit. Two, I don't want to give Delco any credit. So... We cut that there. Yeah, so, yeah, we, we, we tried to shit on Delco. We kind of didn't, um, but, you know, but we're not going to talk about Delco anymore. We probably said Delco about 25 times. So you <laughs> so you went to college. You went to Westchester, huh? Right there in PA. I did. I know a lot of people that went to Westchester. So um, you also, I think you said you played baseball for Westchester. Is that right? I did. So the only reason I, uh, I was in between a few different colleges and then got a scholarship offered to Philadelphia University uh, in Roxborough. Okay. Uh, and was going to take that. And then the coach decided to take the job at Westchester university. And so he said, come with me. I did. And that was kind of, you know, fate interceding. Cause that's where I met the rest of the band. Um, that's awesome. The first, yeah. The first two years of my college experience were literally just baseball, nothing else. So did uh, you think that you were it, always going to like, did you was that like your goal at the time like you're gonna be a baseball player and that's it i mean just my personality when i'm locked in on something i'm the first person to show up i'm the last person to leave uh but then i realized pretty quickly that i was a five nine kind of chubby white kid from northeast philly (laughs) and it was basically done for me playing baseball um at least you got to play in college that's more than most people can say you know and what's what's westchester are they like d3 or anything like that so it's D2. Oh, they're D2. I, Legit. Yeah, and the, the year that I stopped playing, 
and started taking music seriously, uh, we won the College World Series. So you guys can thank me for not playing because uh, that's why we won. You know what? That's a real team player there. Somebody who actually removes themselves from the team so you can win. That's that's what you did, huh? I mean, I, I just realized that I was the weak link. <laughs> no, unintentionally. And I knew what needed to be done. Well, you know, I, yeah. I but you know, I think I think I li- I like to have people on the podcast and talk to people that are a part of a team or an you know or an athlete at some point and competitive at some point in your life because I really think that you know that and especially when you're a kid something about that mentality sets you up for the rest of your life and I think people that were athletes are definitely like have a higher chance of success wouldn't you say like in life because it teaches you that work ethic and it gives you something to it gives you a goal at a time when you might not have, you know, any any other thing that does that. That's why I love sports so much. I love the competitiveness of it. I love how it makes you work for something. That to me was, you know, the building block to, you know, why I am the way that I am. I, uh, and especially in our industry, you know, people who work behind the desk, the kind of, you know, the record label people and, and people in that, in, like part of the industry, they, they really are nine to five workers and they don't really enjoy it and they don't really have this drive to do anything to where, I, you know, I wake up every day with this like pit in my stomach that I'm not doing enough. And I, I know that will feeling. Run, and I'll use some sports, you know, euphemisms. I'll run through a wall. You know, I, I, I don't care. <laughs> I, I'm going to work for whatever it is that I want. And I think anybody who is, you know, Damn the statistics, damn the health consequences. If you're not letting your kids play sports, you're absolutely setting them up for failure. Yeah. Like, nothing to me, because I think about being a kid. What, what did we do? I played on, like, 15 baseball teams a year and played tackle football every single weekend. And basketball and soccer, and th- that was all we did. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, when I was a kid, I would say... Like, even even being a girl, like, I'm not the biggest tomboy in the world, but, like, I remember even when I, because I played um, t-ball, baseball, like, from the time you could start, you know, I was, and then I became a competitive softball player into high school until, like, my senior year, and then I actually, yeah. I, and then soccer, um, and even, and even I was terrible at basketball, like, just, just really bad at it, um, so I was a wrestling stat girl, just to be involved, to oh, probably just to get a, re- a boyfriend who, it was, like, his wrestler is always hot, you know? Um, but, like, I remember, yeah, even when I wasn't, like, we didn't have sports going on, like, I would play with the neighborhood kids, and I was, like, the girl who would play, like, uh, jailbreak or dodgeball, like, one time. But I was, like, a tomboy, but I wore, like, my Sunday shoes, and that's how, like, I got my teeth knocked out. Because I, like... Nice. Sl- yeah, but, like, stuff like that. So it's, like, you know, there was also some confusion about whether I was a boy or a girl when I was little, because my dad... I was really... I wasn't a cute kid, so my dad and my dad didn't have his boy yet, so he called me son a lot. I don't know. So, but I but I know what you're saying. Like, there's we're getting psychological here. Now, why am I the way that I am? Well, you know, no, but it's but it's also like, (laughs) well, it probably it's what makes me a football guy because that's what my dad used to call me (laughs) for the first seven years of my life. Um, that was a, you know, I'll see myself out on that joke, but I, yeah. <laughs> but in all seriousness, no, I, I agree with you. And, and I also think that being a part of a team teaches you something about working with other people. And, and I, and my question to you is, does that, uh, do you think that plays any role? Like you being on teams, uh, with other people, uh, plays a role in how you interact with your band. 
100,000%. Um, I think, for one, we've always treated it like a team. And, it, and I mean, we're, I'm constantly the person to be like, all right, we need to be in the studio this time to this time to get our reps in for whatever it is that we have coming up the next week. Right. Um, it's all muscle memory. It's all you want to put yourself in situations so that when game time, you know, show, studio, whatever it is, that you're not surprised by anything. I think that's the whole point of practicing, and I think that's the whole point of what sports taught me. Um, you know, kill yourself when nobody's looking so that when people are, you feel like you've already been there. Yeah, and it, you know, but, and that, that's a very poignant statement. It's because your character and how you and how you lead your life, a lot of that is what you're doing when no one's looking. I Absolutely. I just read that quote somewhere yesterday, and I was like, yeah, I like that quote. Because it, <laughs> it's so true, isn't it? It is. Well, I think, too, like, the number one thing that I've learned and I've kind of applied is that, you know, we're working with, you know, when we tour, we have seven people on the road. And it's dealing with seven different personalities and finding out what everybody's strengths are. And, you know, more than anything, just being able to understand, you know, why somebody isn't doing something well, adjusting, or, I mean, God forbid, uh, we're in a situation where, that's a lot of people and that's a lot of personalities. Yeah. Sometimes people come and go. It's a next man up mentality. Once again, using as many sports euphemisms as I can drop it here. But, uh, <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. No, it's it really, it really is. And I'm, I'm just competitive. We all are actually, we're very, very, very competitive. So it's uh sports and music run perfectly with each other. I think, I think teaming up with other people, especially I'd, I'd have to imagine um, in a, in a situation of being in a band, having, having a competitive nature is probably such an advantage because you it's not a, it, I would imagine it's not against each other it's a it's a it's like you guys against the world which really is is a, a great way to drive a band to continue to try to get better and better and you know and expose themselves and and you know make it big because they say it takes a it could take it could not that it does it could take a lifetime to become an overnight success you know oh my god and that's 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 the most accurate thing that you possibly could have said uh, realistically, like, it is, you know, insert band name here versus the world. Right. Because, and, and I mean, if, you, if you're really competitive, then this is, like, the best environment to be in. Cause I love when people say, especially, like, older people will be like, wow, you know, you're really going for the music thing that's that's very competitive. And I just kind of, like, look sideways, like, that's exactly why I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah, and I like that they say the music thing because it's kind of like – it's 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 almost like they're they're treating it like it's uh you know it's a phase it, yeah well you know i i think when anytime you do anything risky being in a band and working your ass off to to you know spread your music to the world and to make it big that's a big risk right being in la Absolutely. being a comedian trying to spread my jokes all around the world that sounds kind of dirty to some i don't know but you know what i mean that's <laughs> but that's that's a really fucking hard thing to do and i i also get that too from my family not that they mean it but i think sometimes when you're doing things that are risky other people could look at that and it, it's just something they might never have the balls to do themselves um completely so it scares them too much that you scare them too much and they're like 
wow, that's too scary. Like, good luck to you. Like, you know, it's almost like they don't, it's not like they're not being supportive. It's like they're, they're, they would just never do it. So the fact that the amazing thing, like in my household that I deal with, my, my girlfriend works nine to five. Uh, she just finished grad school and, uh, literally couldn't be any more supportive, but just the, the career conversations from time to time, it's like, on both sides, just the total gap of understanding between what one another is thinking. Right. And I think that's, that's so normal. Like if you choose to do something creative for your career, yeah. as opposed to, you know, setting yourself up properly, you know, in like the nine to five sense. Yeah. It's weird. It, it, it is weird because when, you, because I've actually done both. I worked in the corporate world. My, I was actually, I went to uh, Clemson and I was a business management major and I always uh, stifled that creative part of me earlier in my life because I just thought I need to do this. I need to make money, blah, blah, blah. That was just what happened. And it was fine. I'm glad because I have a lot, I have a lot of business skills. So for 12 years, I worked in the corporate world in, it wasn't nine to five. It was like six to five in a setting. And and I know. And then I started doing comedy and other uh, stuff on the side, uh, you know, at some point years ago. And as like more of like a hobby until it sort of turned into my day job. And I realized that um, this is what you do. This is okay if you want to do this, the nine to five thing. Um, this is, it wasn't for me. I don't even know how I made it that long. Um, I'm glad that I did, though, because financially it set me up to uh, pursue my dreams, which pay me a lot less. But at this time, (laughs) anyway. But also, I think creatively, and I think you could agree with this, when you have those conversations, it was almost like I was having that in what you and your girlfriend have. I was having in my head because I was doing it. It was like a a battle in my head because I was doing it simultaneously. And when you pursue a creative path, there is no linear path. Nope. It's just such a weird, like, it's it's like there's, and there's no one way to get there. And you can't really look at, like, another band's, like, like uh, path to success as, like, something that would be, a, you know, like a blueprint for you, you know? It's comparable. I think, to me, that is, the like, part of the fun, is there's no right way, there's no wrong way. And two, things evolve so constantly. Right. Um, you know, I mean, the, the conversation that we always have as a band is that this isn't, you know, this isn't cute. This isn't like something on the side. This is a small business. Right. And you know, you need to plan like that. You need to wake up every day with a checklist. But I mean, I I said this story to somebody the other day, you know, six months ago, if you asked me what my number one focus would be, it would be to get our stuff on the radio. And I made that my number one goal and we did it. Um, and it was amazing. It was Yay. like a, a milestone I wanted to hit. What radio station um, were you on? I mean, we did a whole national radio campaign. So we were stopping city to city on tour, going to radio stations in the morning, playing shows at night. That oh, um, so that oh, and so you made that a part of your tour. That's awesome. So you, yeah, I was going to ask the, you about your tour. So the last time you guys toured, um, was it like a re, a regional tour? Was it a national tour? No, I mean we. Last year, we toured pretty constantly. We went as high as Boston, as south as the Gulf of Mexico, as west as St. Louis, um, and just 
all over the place. We have not hit the West Coast yet, so I will let you know when we do. You definitely have to, and if I can do anything, I don't I don't know if I can, but if there's a, if there's anything I can hook you up with when you're here, or at least have you guys all on, that would be awesome. You know, Philly How, people have you, to look out for each other. Um, I I used to play the piano. Um, all right, cool, you're in. <laughs> oh, I'm in the band now? No, I don't remember. I don't remember. I can't. So this is a weird thing. I I can't read notes anymore because um, I just, I, it's not that I can't read them. I just forget them. But I have that thing. I, I've always had that thing. I'm not being braggy. It's just something I have where you can hear something. And then I can just play it like it takes I like not like right away. Like I have to work on it. But if I hear it and then I'll, I can play it, but I can't read notes. So um, can I be totally honest with you? Yeah, I do, too. And I can't read music. Really? Yeah, it's called Perfect Pitch. Oh, I'm going to write that down. So that's what hey, I have. Put that on your <laughs> resume. You got that now. I'm going to, you know, um, because I, I stopped playing a long time ago. I used to also play the flute and I, um, my uncle, he, he's actually from Doylestown. He, he used to have a local band for years and years and years in Doylestown. He was really into music, uh, called Wineskin. I don't even know it's, if you would have, like, I was like a little kid when Wineskin was around, but they were like this big Doylestown band and he couldn't play music. So he managed them. So he got me a guitar, my first guitar, and he said, I am jealous of your ability to, you, like, you have a, a gift that, like, with, you know, being able to hear music, so I want you to do that on the guitar. But then I was a little prissy dumbass, and I was like, ew, it hurts my fingers. So I gave my that guitar to my ex-boyfriend or something oh man he better use it it, it, be better, it better not just be sitting around well then my ex uh, my my ex-husband um had uh he was really big into guitar playing and i uh so i would sometimes just take it from him and just to see if i could actually do it my favorite i, I tried to m mimic my favorite grateful dead song so he showed me like what like a couple things like how to slide your hands whatever and so then i listened to friend of the devil and then i played nice and i could at least get like the beginning part so yeah so if you want me to be in your band like i'm you know, I have some availability. Well, I mean, Just let me know. <laughs> I, I feel as though you already are. Like, I, like I, I pretty much put that in stone. Okay, well, good. Well, I'm a football guy who's in your band who, at the very least, can ring a cowbell in the background or something. Um, I'm sure. Dawn. Yes. So, so I want to hear more about the band. So this is. So you guys, how long have you guys been together? So we, me and Ken met um, in our dorm um, in 2011. Is when we met. Okay. And then, so that first year, year and a half, we were just, you know, messing around in the dorm, writing songs. Um, I was still playing ball, so it wasn't super serious. I was also doing a, a sports TV show and a radio show at Westchester called Five for Fighting Sports. What was it called? Uh, it was called Five for Fighting Sports. I did not come up with the name, by the way. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask. Uh, yeah, okay. We'll may, we won't focus on that, like Delco. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so around, we graduated from Westchester um, in 2014. Okay. Towards the end there, we had started stacking some money from playing some bar shows uh, to start recording. So in 2014, we released our first EP. It was called uh, Sold the Soul. Um, to which we, we recently have taken down off streaming services because I can't listen to it. Really? It, but it got us a record deal in Nashville, which was really cool. Yeah. Um, and so we went down there, cut it, started touring, 
and it took us two. So we caught that in May of 2015. And we thought we were the shit. We thought we were on top of the world. <laughs> Being from Philly and having a record contract in Nashville, you know, that was... That's a big deal. I could go home. And I, yeah, I could go home and be like, all right, fuck you guys. I got a record deal. What are you going to do? <laughs> and then reality set in that the business side was just going to drag out. And I we eventually got the record out. We got great management who helped us push it out. And then we started touring more and we got the radio deal. And we really started to push and we were left with this choice over the summer of, you know, what, what the fuck do we do now? With right. the record's out, we just finished touring and in a true football guy move, we went right back to Philadelphia. We cut a bunch of new shit. We went right back out on the road. Like it, the cycle just won't stop now. And, uh, luckily things are really starting to you know, fall into place. That, and when I say fall, getting fucking mashed into place by us because we just won't stop moving. Well, you know, that's, you have a lot of forward momentum right now and you guys are having success. And that's, it's, I think it's, it's just, it's cool to be where you are in this process and with the type of ethic that you have and that work ethic that you have, you know, the people that make it are, I firmly believe are the ones that just don't quit. You just keep going, you know, and because you're going to have bumps in the road. You've had some bumps in the road. You're going to have more bumps in the road. But that's all stuff that it seems like you're very, like, well adjusted and prepared to handle. Um, and it seems like you guys interact really well as a group. I mean, that's that's the most fun part about this is that, you know, we actually genuinely love each other. Like, I, I love Ken is like my brother at this point. Eric, who is one of our touring guitar players, is my cousin. Um, Erica, who is to watch Erica's growth from the beginning to where we are now, me and Erica met waiting tables in college and, uh, we had already been a band for about a year and a half. Now Erica came on because she was listening to Otis Redding while she was busting her tables. And I said, you know, do you like Otis? Mm. She's like, yeah, I sing it at karaoke. And I was like, okay, well, do you want to come to the studio? She came to the studio she had never heard our music before. We barely knew each other. I don't know why. Like, I don't even remember why I asked her to do this. Um, it, it was like fate. It was weird. And then to this day, you know, she's one of my best friends in the entire world. Wow. So that's awesome. And that's kind of a cool story, too, especially the part where you don't remember. <laughs> no, you... I, I like it, it was so fucking weird. She was like, I, you know, I sing karaoke. I've never heard Erica sing. I had maybe met Erica like a month or two before and I was like, well, why don't you come to the studio? And then being like, dude, I hope she can actually sing. Like, this will be really fucking embarrassing if she can't. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I and luckily she could, right? So then she became luckily. a part of then she became a part of the band and, and then there you go. So so what's been like your favorite like uh, do you have like a favorite experience or like milestone or like moment during this whole oh. thing where you you yeah, they probably have had more than one, and that was this is great. I love this question. Yeah, what do you, what's what, uh, what do you want to pinpoint? I would go with two, okay. and one is actually sports related. The other one is just you know kind of like hearing yourself somewhere. I think oddly enough, this happened very recently. So in this process of of you know kind of feeling lost and. Nobody tells you where to go when you're doing something like this as a career. Yeah. Um, and we made this plan with like 
seven things on it that needed to fall into place. And we cut this song, Shine, that is our single currently, and a radio, or an iHeartRadio DJ loves it. Uh, a very close friend of ours now, her name's Wendy Rollins, um, but she's one of the main iHeartRadio DJs. And she shared it, and then iHeartRadio itself picked it up. And we were, our single got premiered by iHeartRadio, and we were sandwiched on the front page of iHeartRadio with Taylor Swift and Bruno Mars. And then for some fucking reason, my goofy mug was in between those two people. Oh my that gosh. Was like, that was like a oh my God kind of a moment. And uh, so that was one. And then the other one was... Uh, if you if you're familiar with Philly Sports Talk Radio, 97.5 The Fanatic is what I listen to. Yep. Um, they asked us to play their Fantasy Fest, which is like their big blowout at the end of the summer every year. Uh huh. And uh, so we're backstage, and I'm hanging out with Ron Jaworski and Sal Palantonio. Those are the two people standing next to wow. me. Wow. And the person who was about to speak, I found out very shortly before this was Brian Dawkins. I die. And Dawk is my all-time favorite Eagle. And I looked at my bass player, Ken, and I said, yo, if Dawk comes up here, I'm going to fucking cry. And I looked to my left, and in a white satin shirt and a fedora, mm. but the, the white satin shirt was opened all the way. So you could see his abs and, it, like, like he's, just the most glorious he, Brian Dawkins possible. He's such a baller. Like, don't Dude, even get me started. But, so fucking Dawk is standing there, and I'm like, oh, my God. Mr. Dawkins, you're my favorite eagle of all time. Holy shit. What? And I was like, yo, do me a favor. And he just chuckled. He's like, do you want me to do you a favor? And I was like, yo, all my guitars are on stage. Please pick one up and fucking smash it. Please. And he just started busting up laughing. And so I have, I'm drinking two beers at the same time. I'm hanging out with Brian Dawkins. And, uh... And that was what I could have died at that exact moment. I would have been happy. Um, that is the coolest. Story. Did he smack? Did he do it? No, but I got really nervous when he went up there that the adrenaline would kick in because there was like ten thousand people there. Yeah, and I'm like, yo, what if Dog all of a sudden just went to like the Wolverine crawl and then just destroyed all my guitars? <laughs> just like Weapon X and like you know exactly. clawing through. I, okay, so I, I told you this before the podcast too. Um, Brian Dawkins is my favorite athlete of all time because he I mean for for the same reasons that you love him from from you know Philadelphia Eagles uh, safety reasons but then also he also went to my alma mater he went to Clemson too so oh okay yeah but see you know what I was too I was young I was too young like so I wasn't yet following Clemson because I, I wasn't like a Clemson fan my whole right. life I didn't become a fan until I went to college there so I actually he became my favorite player before I knew that he went to Clemson which I think is even cooler in a weird way it is yeah and I um I had I met him once as well in Arizona when Clemson was in the national championship he threw a party with Outcast. Long, long story short, I um, I just because I think you'll appreciate it. I the party was like a billion dollars to get into. I talked to this door guy for so long about how I wanted to meet Brian Dawkins that he just gave me a wristband to go away. <laughs> 
He was like, just so go away. Did you hang out with Outkast and Brian Dawkins? I didn't meet out. Uh, I are well. Okay, well, that's another story. I didn't meet Outkast, <laughs> but I I had already met them in college. I didn't really care. They, I don't know why I've met Outkast in college, but I did. They played a show at Col- in in Clemson, like my freshman year. But my, what? so I, I was. I know. Isn't that weird? Um and. That's a whole nother story. I always forget I met Outcast. Um, so I, I go- that's not something you just brush off. You met Outcast. Two separate situations, though. So Outcast was on stage, and um, that's why I didn't meet him because Dawkins at the time was like on the side. And I just remember, so I get into this like a billion dollar party. I two other my other friends somehow get in. I he I see him, but there's a there's a stage, and then there's a it's in the middle of a pool. So I'm like, how the hell am I going to get to the other side of the pool? And act, and he's all the way over, like, uh, and so I just enlist this group of guys that I've never met before. I make a case for why I'm the biggest Brian Dawkins fan on earth to like 20 guys with big muscles because I feel like they would be able to be helpful, you know, in getting me out, figuring out how I get over there. <laughs> so then I tell a couple of them, I get them all riled up and they're like, yo, this girl's the biggest Dawkins fan ever and we got to do this for her, blah, blah, blah. So somehow I just like convinced a bunch of people that I didn't know based on the fact that they were, they had big muscles to get me over to Brian Dawkins and then one of them knew him. So that's how it happened. And then they like, all I got a score it over by 20 dudes uh in the like as if they were like my secret service people i was gonna say you look like the queen of the party i know it was so cool and then they they like pushed me towards him they're like brian we want you to meet shadden um she she's a like she wants to tell you something and so he looks at me and i was like oh my i probably i said the same exact thing that you said i'm like oh my god brian dawkins you're my favorite player in the whole entire world i'm from philly i also went to clemson and like and i'm like you're weapon x you're the wolverine you were the leader of our defense i got really pissed when you got traded to denver but you know what you really showed them because you still made the pro bowl anyway and i'm so happy you retired as an eagle blah, blah. and i literally said that like it just came out that is like, exactly like word for word what i did is that crazy I went one step further. I couldn't call him Brian. I called him Mr. Dawkins. I was like, um, oh, my God, Mr. Dawkins. Like, I, I basically kissed his feet. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, call, I don't remember. Like, I I don't know if I called him Brian Dawkins. I don't really remember. Did you black out? I, bl- I, I was out. just going to say, I totally blacked out, except for knowing exactly what I, like, my elevator speech was on, like, why he was my favorite. And it all came yeah. out. Um, but after after uh, the part about retiring as an eagle heart of our defense, and I love you so much, like I don't remember what else I said because I definitely was blacked <laughs> out at that point, <laughs> completely blacked oh, out. I love it. it was so amazing though. So no, I'm so happy we both have a Dawkins story, and I have two number twenty jerseys. Um, I okay, and here's my next question because I so here I. As much as I love Dawkins, here's what I've been doing. I haven't worn either of my twenty jer- number twenty jerseys all season, but I um, like during for a game. But I like put them out um, because okay. because now because I've had this one shirt where we've won every time I've worn it, so I haven't like washed it and I keep wearing it. And then I I got a jersey for a Jenkins jersey delivered to me like last week so I just felt like I have to wear that too so do you, so now I have this whole tradition where basically oh, I'm but I'm sweating because it's like 80 degrees right. here and I'm wearing so many clothes but it's working so do you have so any like I'm, weird things I'm the same way so I am the most superstitious like per, I just knocked on my window because that's I <laughs> even saying the word I'm superstitious um I wear my black like all black Dawkins jersey mm-hmm. with the same gray hoodie 
and the same black jeans every single game. And, like, I, I'm, I don't necessarily want to watch the Super Bowl where I'm watching it, but because I watched it there last week and the week before, I have to go back. But this is the real dilemma. What? My girlfriend, who I love more than anything in the world, <laughs> she did not watch the game with us last week. She had a bridal shower and uh, couldn't come tailgate with us and watch the game. Okay. I don't know how to politely say, Dana, <laughs> you have to stay home. We can't, we, can't, we can't mess this up. We can't. So she jokingly said, am I not allowed to come to Sean's house to watch this game? And I said, no, of course you are. But in the back of my mind, I was like, if you mess this up, I swear to God. Oh my God. <laughs> you know what? You know, I, I honestly think that I think, okay, that is so funny. I also think like respect that you would jeopardize your relationship for an Eagle Super Bowl win because I get it. Okay. Like, and honestly, I know that's not your intention, but look, you got to do what you got to do. The other thing is, is I, that, go ahead. I, you know, and somebody said this to me the other day and I actually paused for a second. They, they were like, would you sacrifice your firstborn child for an Eagles Super Bowl? And I was like, uh, I was like, I don't have any kids, so I can't answer that. But in the back of my mind, I was like, dude, take the kid. I don't care. <laughs> I, I, I can't keep living like this. My grandparents came to Philadelphia. All four of my grandparents came to Philadelphia from other countries mm-hmm. or their parents came from other countries in like the 1920s and 30s. Right. And they've never seen a fucking Super Bowl. And by the way, I'm repeating the speech that I gave my mom when I was drunkenly calling her in that cab that I was talking to you about. Oh, yeah. Where you're hanging out. I was like, Mom, I was like, yo, Grandma never sold Eagle Super Bowl. I was like, we can do it. (laughs) So this is. It's serious. It's really serious. Listen, I this I also want to say I did a segment last week on my podcast about superstitious fans because I'm sure that there are superstitious fans for other teams, but I think Philly especially. I think it's so funny. I met a guy out here who was wearing a Phillies hat, and I said I went up to him and I said something, and he seemed like a cool guy, like tattoos, whatever. But he's wearing a Phillies hat. It didn't even matter if he looked like a nerd, you know. I went up to him and I I was like, oh, you know, respect. I'm from Philly, like blah blah blah, like uh, go Eagles. And I was like, are you? Um, I was like, are you a big Eagles fan? He goes, let's just put it this way. I don't wear this hat on game day because I still blame myself for Carson Wentz going down. And I was like, oh my God, you're totally an Eagles fan. That's awesome. Because I get it. Marry that man. Find him and marry that man. I know. That's a good guy. Isn't that so funny? So that's why I'm wearing all the clothes. And I actually was having a a Super Bowl dilemma that I won't get into before I I got on the phone with you because I also am having some trouble figuring out what I'm doing, it's actually a big problem. I've, it's been a big, uh, a, a big uh, question, annoyance for me because there's a bunch of different things, but it's like I don't really want to do any of them. But then I also don't like really want to watch it by myself. So well, the, the amazing thing is, and I, I saw this thing on ESPN about you know people flying back to Philadelphia from faraway places uh, <laughs> for the Super Bowl, and I had totally forgot this happened. Uh, it's like mid October. It was my birthday. And my buddy Brandon, who lives in Austin, Texas, so one of my best friends, he's from Northeast Philly as well, texted me and was like, yo, he's like, I bought, I just booked plane tickets to come back for the Super Bowl weekend. He's like, birds are going to the, birds are going to the Super Bowl, baby. And I texted him back like, yo, you better knock on some fucking wood because I, I, I will blame you. <laughs> I was like, don't, it's too early, man. And I totally forgot. And he texted me and said, what are you doing for the game? 
And I was like, why do you care? You live in Texas. And he's like, dude, I'm coming home. And I was like, oh, my God, you're he's a fucking mind reader. I can't believe this. Oh, my God. That's crazy. It's really crazy. It's really crazy. You know, I, I really, I really, as we, you know, uh, talk about the Super Bowl, I really am happy um, with this team either way. And I, like I said it before, like, obviously a Super Bowl win would mean everything. And I think we're poised to do it. I think, if, I, I think if, and I, and I even say that um, not on a whim, but I really feel like we can. And I, I think if we can beat, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots who've won the Super Bowl five out of seven times. Um, if we can beat them with our backup quarterback, Nick Foles, I I mean, God, you Just can the sweetest. The sweetest victory it would be. You could I mean, what how how amazing would that be? Philadelphia people are gonna be broken. We're all gonna be like the nicest fucking, like coolest people. I don't even know what I'll do. You know? Like, it, I, I, it's going to make us like better people because <laughs> you so can do my, anything. This is, my, this is my thing. So as far as the Super Bowl goes, I think we have a much better team. I think that from top to bottom, we have the best defensive line in football. I don't care what Jacksonville says. I don't care. I don't, yeah. I don't care. We have the best defensive I, I line I would agree in with football. you. I, I totally agree with you. Secondary's playing out of their minds. Malcolm Jenkins is a leader. Yes. We have great receivers. We have a great running game. Uh, our offensive line stepped up immensely after Peters went down. Vitae's been phenomenal. Yes. And, and if, if Carson's our quarterback, we don't even have this discussion. We're all we're all feeling great. Right. This is my thing. Nick and Carson are both very, very religious people. Um I I'm I'm Catholic. I you know, I'm from Northeast Philly, therefore I am I'm born that way. Right. Um but if you want to relate it to a Bible thing, you know, everybody's talking about Carson was the one who was promised. Wouldn't it be odd for the prodigal son, Nick Foles, if you want to get biblical, to have been cast away and then to come back and he be the one who wins it? It'd be beautiful. It'd be it, That just gave me chills, by the way. I have chills oh. right now. That just The way that you said that, I mean, it's gonna happen you know like oh my God. It, it's it, it's so exciting it's so exciting but i i you know it's i i think we we gave them enough of our you know of our good vibes from talking about it i can't i can't talk about it anymore because i feel like <laughs> i feel like you know it, it's gonna happen and we're just gonna have to see come game day and uh and go from there. But I, I want to say, um, I really appreciate having you on to talk Philly. And this has been such a great talk because normally it's just like me and my brother. I have my brother on a lot. He's in uh, South Jersey. Um, we do a segment called Philly bro talk. So it's nice. Oh, to nice. Ha- it's nice to have different Philly people on. I've been having some people from WIP on. Um, I've got a relationship with that sports talk radio, you know, 94. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I had Ava Gra- Graham on a couple weeks ago. And so we've all just been having really, like I said, it, we've just been talking about Philly and it's been great and and um, this has been um, a really like a, it's awesome because everybody is exactly the same like you're the same as Ava as me as my brother as my friend Tommy as you know <laughs> we, we all have the same passion we all have the same feelings like about everything and we all want the same things I just feel like we're all very aligned in um, in being a Philadelphia fan so 
We're sending. We're gonna wish it into reality. We're wishing it into reality. It better happen now. Um, now, as far as the band goes, uh, where where can we catch Foxtrot and the Get Down? Like, where where you guys? Uh, what's your next venue? Where are you playing right now? So we're doing a. It's a cool hometown show. We're be, we're between a a few releases right now, so we're handling a lot of a lot of the business side. Um, which is why I'm an absolute wreck right now because I'm waiting on a couple really important emails. Oh, wow. Um, but this was such a welcome distraction. And this has been exactly what I wanted to talk about. Good. Are you still um, sitting in your car, by the way? <laughs> oh, I'm still, I'm still happily sitting out front of the, or out back of the Wawa near my house. Oh, my so. God. <laughs> yeah, respect. Um, Seriously. Um, but uh, as far as our next, our next Philly gig, we'll be at uh, Boot and Saddle in South Philly. Uh, and we're going to blow that out. So that's going to be a great time. Um, we'll be back in the studio the next day after that uh, to finish up the new record and then uh, hopefully be back on the road very shortly after that, which is one of the emails that I'm waiting on. But there is a ton coming from us this year. So 2018 is coming up all Philly is all I'm going to say. All Philly. Coming up Philly. That's awesome. So everybody needs to check Colin and the band out Foxtrot and the get down go to the boot and saddle if you're local uh, download their music you can follow them on social media at Foxtrot and the get down is that right yep except on Twitter because they don't allow your name to be that long yeah Uh, we are Foxtrot get down everything else the end is still there doesn't that piss you off I had to do that too because I'm I'm Shannon Lee comedy on all the things and then Twitter that's too long so it's Shanley comedy. So it's like, it, I, Where's I, my brand. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, I hate, uh, I also hate Twitter too. It's like, shut the fuck up, everybody. Like, no one cares. Exactly. Get some friends and t- tell them your problems, <laughs> you know? Or exactly. your bad jokes or whatever. But no, this has been a pleasure having you. This is an awesome band. I particularly love like blues music. I love rock. And the, this stuff is like right up my alley. Um, like it's and even like I love like when you were talking about, um, you know, some of your early relationships with Erica, how you met Erica. It was yeah. from her listening to Otis Redding. Like I would say that's that's definitely like who is, is like that. That's your sort of inspiration right like that bluesy oh those bluesy like old school bands i mean that's that's what i was raised on i was raised on the the old school stuff i always laugh though saying my mom only listened to three artists my dad my dad was a huge music guy my mom only listened to jersey bands she loved springsteen mm-hmm. she loved uh bon jovi and she loved sinatra and then uh randomly only listens to like 90s r&b like in the car, <laughs> nothing but like nineties R and B. So random. That's My mom so funny. is an odd human being. That is, you know, that is so 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 funny. <laughs> Nine, you know what? I I um, I love me some nineties R and B sometimes. But there's some good ones in there. It'll it'll hit you like ooh, eighth grade yeah. dance like or whatever. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Um, at a time in your life when you liked somebody and that song and that weird song comes on, but no, that every eighth grade, it's like every eighth grade dance song. Like it really is. It is. It no, it really is. It brings me back to a time when I was a boy or a girl. And so it's a little confusing, but no, we'll get into that later. <laughs> that's the next one. That's the next one. Or that's, uh, we'll save that for yeah. my therapist. Be our follow up, 
our, our deep psychosomatic yes we'll yes we can have a post uh super bowl well no i really appreciate it and i want to thank everybody for tuning in um and thanks for all your feedback and comments if you have any um questions or feedback for colin and the band you can always email them to playing wballs at gmail.com and i will make sure to get that uh to get those to him as i do our other guests um so uh he can answer those questions or just see any of your feedback unless you say anything shitty which nobody ever has but you know then fuck you yeah don't do that don't do that and um you, as always you can follow us at playing with balls on all the things you can you can follow me your host shannon lee at shannon lee comedy um and once again appreciate all the downloads don't forget to rate and review us and don't forget to follow colin on all the things and uh, i'm gonna send my fam all my families back east so i'm gonna send them uh out to to see you guys there we go yeah so uh, if they're all right, perfect. Yeah, so hook me up with some free tickets or whatever it is, and um, I can do that. Actually, I have the pull. Okay, good, good. Well, I'm glad to know that. As the lead singer, I'm glad to know that. So that's that. <laughs> then we'll rely on you for that. But thank you again, Colin. This was really awesome. And go birds. Go birds. That's exactly how I wanted to end that. Hell yes.